Hello and welcome to the Law Blacks one-to-one podcast. My name's Chris Allen. I'm the managing partner of Black Solicitors here in Leeds. Over the last 25 years of working in Leeds, I've met a fair few interesting people. And this series of podcasts is all about meeting up with some of those people and sharing their views and their stories with you. I genuinely hope that you find them interesting, engaging and even educational. My guest today is somebody I've been looking for to chatting to again. It's Tom Reardon. He's the Chief Exec of Leeds City Council. Quite a big job. He's been in the role for nine years now. It's been, I think, an exciting time for the city with lots going on. But I also know that Tom's had to deal with some budget cuts on a pretty massive scale and he's had some things to deal with there. But he was named Yorkshire Man of the Year in 2017 and I'm intrigued as to why he didn't regain that title in 2018. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Great to see you. And to you, my friend. Just tell us a little bit of background about you, then tell me where you were born, tell me, you know, your, your upbringing, how, and how do we end up where you're on the cusp of being offered the job of Chief Exec of Leeds City Council? So, yeah, going right back, I was born in a little market town called North Allerton in North Yorkshire. Um, my uh, my dad, my mum and dad were um, were from there as well. We're a classic northern story, very sad northerners who re- live at this, all generations live in the same town. So it's like one of those. My kids went to the same school my mum and dad went to um, and all of that. Um, so, yeah, we, we, um, we had a, a, you know, went to local school, local state school, through those early days, um, we, it was a bit of a topsy-turvy life because my mum and dad were both poorly at times. So my dad was an alcoholic. He, um, my dad was an amazing character. He, he uh, sort of youngest squadron leader in the RAF, first one of his family to go to university and, you know, a really stellar career. But, but he's, he's, um, what would have been my half-sister um, died. His, his eldest daughter died when she was three and it really affected him. So he sort of got into drinking too much, um, gave up when he was in his 40s and didn't touch another drop right. after that. But when we were little, it was a bit um, tricky at times. Not very loving family, but, you know, that when they were poorly, that we needed a bit of um, care, um, respite. And so we, myself and my brother, because my mum is bipolar, my mum's still alive, um, and she... Uh, so there are times when she was ill. So we ended up in care um, three or four times, me and my brother, right. um, which I only found out about when I was in my 20s when they told me. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. And I never used to talk about it until I got this job because we obviously look, a lot, look after a lot of kids in care. So then the, the key thing that happened in my life was my gran, get, my mum's mum, gave up her job to come and live with us. And then all our caring problems finished because... My gran, although she was elderly, was there all the time. Yeah. So that's when we all settled down. And um, I got into Oxford, never thought of applying, but I had a teacher that, um, you know, said he saw saw something in me and he said apply for for Oxford, did history at Oxford, thought I was going to be kicked out the first week you know all these people couldn't believe how intelligent they all sounded and so you latch on to the yeah. sort of other state, state school kids and you're like oh my god everyone's yeah. super intelligent aren't they um and then you sort of realize you're you're okay and did all right there really loved oxford it's a fantastic opportunity beautiful city um met some amazing people i was there 
at the same time as all these figures like um, David Cameron, Ed Balls, Yvette Cooper, um, etc., Michael Gove, didn't meet any of them, didn't no. know any of them. <laughs> no, but I'm sometimes I, quoting I was about to make no else. comment whatsoever. He was so an alumni of all yeah. these famous people at Oxford, but never met them. Um, maybe passed them in the bar every now and then, yeah. that was about it. Um, then I, um, my dad was a careers advisor by that time, and he said, try the civil service exam. So I went into the fast stream, as it's called, of the civil service. Um, that was my first sort of proper, you know, full-time job. I'd done all sorts of stuff, like I've been a postman, um, worked in a pork pie factory, um, done lots of different things, yeah. um, petrol pump attendant, worked double time on Christmas Day for £1.50. Um, they were a bit tight, the uh, people who <laughs> ran, yeah. ran that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, ended up in the fast stream civil service, did pretty well in that. It, a little bit of a fish out of water, so I did seven years in that down in London. Again, loved it, really, after a sticky start where I was thinking, a bit like the Oxford thing, do I really fit in here? Um, but um, ended up representing the, the the UK in United Nations negotiations on climate change and biodiversity in the 90s. So Fantastic. really amazing opportunity. And, 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 and that isn't, you know, when you hear the word civil servant, I think a lot of people just think, oh, that sounds boring. Yeah. I know that's really unfair. No, no. Lots I, of people think solicitors are pretty boring in my yeah. head, uh, which might not be unfair. It's, but it's unfair. You know what I mean? But yeah. So, so why did that? Other than your dad said give it a go, why did that appeal to you? I think um, I'm, I've always been quite interested in um, how the country runs and po- po- interested in politics. But and people who knew me when I was growing up thought I would go into politics, really? and that's quite interesting. But I never have. No. But I've always been involved with sort of helping politicians, really? and so not. I, you know, I was into just. I mean, all this stuff about making a difference is can be overblown a bit, I think. You know, I think people who are in the private sector do it because they want to make a difference. People in the public sector do too. But I guess I had that thing about, you know, just just doing, making the world better, I guess, in, in broad terms. And um, the environment department was quite a good place to be. I did I did put the home office first on my list and this man in a grey suit sort of took me to one side and said, uh, uh, I think you'd be better off trying in the department of the environment. <laughs> and I think in brackets it was like, we don't really take northerners in the home office at this stage. I'm sure it's changed I think you've misread the form, <laughs> Mr. Reardon. Well, okay, um, so, yeah, I did that um, at a really young age as well. I mean, it was really daunting. So I led this scientific delegation when I was 25 to... Um, to Jakarta, to this big UN conference. And I was, you know, it's it's, it's quite strange, really. I mean, I, I joked to people it was an easy job at the time because we just said no to everything. Yeah. So it was, took it in turns with the Germans and the States to say no. And so it was that, it wasn't that hard. But um, looking back, it was an amazing experience yeah. and um, really made me understand negotiation, understand the rest of the world as well and where they were coming from. So I, I, you got a very... You know, interesting view of the whole world. This podcast is, needless to say, sponsored by Black Solicitors. Black's is a law firm based in Leeds, and we provide a range of commercial, property, and private client services to clients throughout the United Kingdom. Obviously, I'd love you to enjoy this podcast and then use our services on any legal issues you have going forward. If you visit lawblacks.com, 
you'll see the kind words that existing clients have had to say about the services we provide. Now, back to the podcast. And how did how did you when when you and I first met? You were at Yorkshire Forward. Yeah. What was Yorkshire Forward? What what was it trying to do, and what did it do? Yeah. So it was um, it was a regional development agency set up by Gordon Brown and Tony Blair. Um, got that the wrong way around, actually. Yes. Um, interestingly, but um, it was probably more of the Brown agenda about trying to deal with inequality and and really sort out the North South divide um, and give more power to the English regions and um, and basically around an economic agenda. And I did I got that job because I did an MBA, finished off in the civil service and did an MBA and wanted to move back up north. Right. So it was a bit of right place at the right time. Yeah. They were setting up this agency. I'd been in the civil service. They needed someone to help, so that's what I did. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, a, it was given quite a lot of money. Um, it ended up at its peak being about... Three hundred million pounds a year, and that money comes from what? Central from the taxpayer, yeah, yeah. The taxpayer. from 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 central government. Instead of being spent by national agencies, it was it was sort of devolved down right. to a a board that was a mixture of um, local authority leaders and um, and business people. Um, and was Sir that... Graham Hall was uh, the chair oh, of it, right. the guy who used to run Yorkshire Electricity. Yeah. And was that easy to manage? No, um, yeah. it was. You can imagine all the competing demands of Yorkshire with all this. New yeah, money. money. Um, it was really hard, and and in some ways, the the massive flexibility we had was a real challenge because it's, it's so you always ask for that, but when you get it, it's like, oh, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. So it was a case of having a balance between stuff where we back businesses and um, and and property type regeneration, and then you know that inequality thing about helping people into work. So and how, and how did you manage? The fear of getting it wrong, you know, the the you know, there's a massive pot of money there, and if there's questions asked of well, why did you do that or why did you invest in that, how big was the fear factor? That's a really interesting question, and I I some I do reflect sometimes about was I better off doing that job before I got more experience and did the Leeds job or the other way around because yeah. I'd kill for a hundredth of that flexibility now and that money you know we just we've been through austerity and uh, yeah. you just think god how, how much money we had and but actually um the good thing was you had a lot of people there who didn't maybe have a fear factor who accepted that we needed to take a few risks yeah. and um and weren't as um bothered of, of about you know as you can get stuck on going back and giving evidence to parliament about this that and the other about how the money's been spent yeah. um although we had to do that our primary loyalty was towards yorkshire and humber and um and that's what we did and and i mean we've done we did some amazing things the advanced manufacturing park mm. has had more ministers opening things than i've had at dinners right. but it was yorkshire forward who put the big money into that and backed it early on and if you ask the really key people it was a key guy called Keith Ridgeway, who right. was the academic, who it would not have happened but for Keith. He was the leader. But actually, it was the RDA that backed it and got Rolls-Royce and the others in at the start, that Boeing in at the start. Yeah. And you and need, is, it, is that like getting your key tenant in a big shopping centre? You know, you need yeah. the big, you need the big players doubt. in supporting it. 
Yeah. And then it, and then that momentum attracts other business. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it's seen as a best practice across the world now that, you know, and then you think of the regeneration of Sheffield City Centre, of places like Scarborough. There was a big market towns initiative that led to things like Richmond Station, which is a, you know, there's some fantastic smaller developments. Um Big investments like um, the arena, the Leeds Arena, where I actually had to... I was put in a position, going back to your fear factor, where I disagreed with... I was the local accounting officer, and the national accounting officer in in Whitehall thought that was a bad investment. And and we had a big disagreement, and the Secretary of State had to overturn that and back me and make what's called a ministerial direction... they're very rare. Yeah. Um, and if it had gone wrong, I'd have been, you know, a massive black mark against my <laughs> career. Yeah, that big empty uh, arena yeah, that nobody goes absolutely. to. Absolutely. But, yeah, you know, it's vindicated. Work. So, yeah, no, lots of... And, and to be honest, stuff that didn't work as well. Yeah. You know, because it was a development agency, yeah. we did a big digital project that didn't work and because the big players, you know, can, you know... Um, game that system a little bit let's say you know that didn't work we had some you know but we, that somebody bought the Odeon in the middle of Bradford yeah a, a more junior decision that you know that was a something that just didn't happen as quickly as it should no, have done and didn't right, work yeah. and it was a big big you know running saw between Yorkshire Ford and Bradford so yeah lots of things that didn't didn't work as well but actually overall you know the renewables in East Yorkshire and the whole had its roots in what we were doing. The, you know, the great stuff we did with the universities, the regeneration right across the board. I, a lot of people miss it now. Yeah, yeah, good. So Leeds City Council comes along, the yeah. role of chief exec, uh, and it sounds great. What is a working day for the chief exec of Leeds City Council? What I mean, obviously, you sat here with me now, which I'm, I, I think is not something you do every day. How, you know, how, what is your working day? It's, uh, every day is completely different, um, is the first thing to say. You know, it's, it's, there are some things in the rhythm of the year, the municipal year, a bit like you'll have in, mm. in any job where you've got your board meetings and, and you have your big, what we call full council, which is all the 99 councillors, um, and you have those meetings. But actually, most of the time, it's quite uh, mixed. And yeah. so we run... A thousand services for three quarters of a million people, yeah. and um, it's you know Leeds is a fantastic city, amazing positive stuff going on. But I always say about the job, you know, every day in Leeds something brilliant's happening, and at the same time something's awful's happening because yeah. it's yeah. a big city. And how do you get things done? You come up, you know, I come to you today with an idea on something. You think, oh, that's good, Chris. How, how do you, how does anything get done? It is it. In my mind's eye, the council is like a super tanker. It's you know, is it hard to move it, yeah. steer it, it, it is. get things going in the direction? Or do, as chief exec, can you say, boom, I want this to happen, I want it to happen? I I, I can't in a way that the private sector can. So the there's, a, there's a there's yeah there's a limit, um, and I work really close. And the reason for that is that the politicians, the elected members, the leader Judith Blake, Councillor Judith Blake, uh, has a cabinet and. Um, they're the ones who set the policy and the direction, and they're the ones who, you know, other. It's a member-led, it's politically led organisation, which is right because that's mm. what people elect, and that's who you're so accountable. That's to, who is I'm it? accountable to. I mean, I'm accountable to all the elected members in full council, so yeah. it's not just one party. I'm accountable to all of them, and it's really important they have confidence in me being objective. Mm. Although I do deliver what that 
the uh, the ruling administration want because that's the way it works and everyone understands that. Yeah. But I also have to listen to the other members and make sure that there's a balance there. Um, but yeah, it's it's we get things. There are some things that take time when it's a major policy change. You've got to consult people and you've got to look at what the impact will be on individuals. And you know, we deal with life and death as much yeah. as the. We, Local government is really the fourth emergency service. I think the AA should be. Yeah, we should take them. Uh, <laughs> it's a task, it's on, a task that. on that one. Yeah, but um, actually, you know, there's lots of stuff we do where decisions are needed straight away, and you do need you can get things done quicker yeah. because you've got to deal with emergency situations, or you've got to. There are opportunities where you know there's an investor in town, or where you've got to try and persuade the Whitehall minister to do something, or where there's you know, um, you know, people have good ideas from anywhere, and yeah. we've tried to. I guess what I've tried to do is open the council up to yeah. ideas like that, yeah. and to be able to respond to things like that. So, if we stop the clock after nine years in this job, what's if you look back now instinctively, what's worked really well, and what do you think could have gone a bit better? So, I think that we, I think the city is in a is in a, is in a great place. You know, Leeds is. Um, I my. My, the way I used to describe it in football terms was we need to get Leeds back into the Champions League places. Yeah. And obviously in football, it's more of a work in progress. Yes. Um, but um, but in terms of the, the city and where we are, people do tend to reel Leeds off now along with Birmingham and Manchester because mm. we're the third biggest city in the country and they, they should do. Um, so the regeneration plans, when I came in, we had a magnificent seven projects that we wanted to deliver, including the arena, Victoria Gate, um, Trinity, etc., and we've done that. Yeah, and it's worked. And yeah. you know, at a time when we're coming out of recession. Yeah, to you look for a city across Europe that's delivered those sort of projects during this period, and you won't find many. No. Um, so we've done incredibly well, I think, to and made the right decisions about the arena being in town. You know, that yeah. not doing too much big development out of town. But looking at regional centres like um, Kirksall Forge and Thorpe Park and the airport and White Rose, we've done it in the right way. Yeah. Um, Leeds is quite a federal city, so that's worked well. We've, um, I mean, we've cut huge amounts of taxpayers' money out of you know running the city. Yeah. And that's been a. There's been downsides to that. We've got three thousand less people working at the council, and that's yeah. been tough. Yeah, yeah, that's three thousand families, isn't it? It you is. Know, it is, and that. we've done it in the right way. So yeah. we've hardly had a compulsory redundancy. We did it with the unions, and you know, I think we've done it with the right values. But um, and those people have been treated in the right way. But um, and we on the front line with all of those negotiations, or is that something where you'd say to somebody keep me updated but I want to you know I want a, a team on that you know as you say discuss with the unions most of the um, most of the stuff the detailed stuff gets taken care of by other people yeah. but actually on that issue yes I, did, I have taken quite a big role and you know tried to do things in the right way as I say with the leader working very closely with the leader and yeah, we, we've we've got a better deal for the taxpayers' elite, yeah. to be honest, out of out because we run the same services, um, yeah. but for less money. And so that's worked well. I think we've gone from worst to best on children's services. So I'm going back to being in care. We look after about 1,400 kids in care, and yeah. it's the best in the country. We're helping others now. Um, so that's a real, you know, big feather in our caps. We've and, just and something a lot of people. A lot of people won't notice or realise, will they? Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah, no, that's true, yeah. and lots of money goes into it as well. We, we've reversed child obesity. We're, us and Amsterdam are the only cities in Europe that have done that. Yeah. 
we've got you know the, there's some fantastic things happening on the carbon side we've got um, you know the energy for waste plant and district heating going into the city so lots and lots of pluses I think on the downside there's probably a couple of areas you know transport we have made improvements so we've got park and ride we've got some more money for uh, bus cleaner buses obviously it's a it's a challenge everybody knows in yeah. the city it's a challenge and we we would love to have more resources to do more and that's a work in progress mm. so we, we we we're working on that and i think it will happen and it will come yeah we haven't got devolution um no. you know we've been trying well, for, yeah, like mad well, to get that yeah that's great i mean it's actually one of my questions the word devolution it rolls off the tongue it means something to you it might mean something totally different to me what what when people talk about devolution what do you mean so i mean <clears throat> that despite all the power that you might have in a council running all these services 95% of the of the decisions that affect the people of Leeds are taken outside the city of Leeds yeah. and most of them are taken down in Whitehall in London by people and agencies who are well meaning but don't actually know much about Leeds no interesting you say that though so you think the heart's in the right place actually i think most of the time people aren't out there to you know, to do the wrong thing. No, they're not out to. They're not out to stuff us. No, but they probably just don't know enough about it. They don't. If they and if they did have to travel on a pacer train every morning and every night yeah. and deal with the the issues that people are having to deal with as commuters at the moment on our rail system, mm. they'd have a different view. It would change quickly. You know, if you look at when there's a problem in the London system, it changes quickly because not only are the politicians travelling on it. So are the media, so are the the fashion industry. All the journalists, you know, all the yeah. all all the people who are all, all the tweeters. Yeah, all, they're all on it. You know, and, and it's you sound a bit chippy and almost obsessive when you talk about it. But actually, if you think about it, the most powerful people who affect this country are based down in London and the South East, and that that isn't a healthy situation to be in. So you can snap your fingers now, Tom, and and, and solve that. What is what is the solution? What is the devolution solution? How much power do you want? Well, I think we should have as much power as... I think we're as, Yorkshire's as big as Scotland. I, I would favour... There's a lot of debate about which geography we should have. And because I know the geography quite well and the politics around it, the easiest way to get a solution in this part of the world that would have the biggest impact for me is Yorkshire. That's what people... And, and one of the reasons I say that is because if you talk about the, the city region, people don't really know what that means. No. Whereas they know what Yorkshire means. Yeah. And actually it means a bit to them as well. You know, that it, it, you've got a bit of heart as well as head about that. So I would do it on a Yorkshire basis. I think you couldn't ignore a mayor of Yorkshire mm. and, a, and a group of combined authority leaders. You know, you, you could work together well. And I would start off somewhere, so I wouldn't say let's go as far as what Scotland's got, even though we're as big as Scotland. Mm. So I would test it, you know, start somewhere. We're coming out of Brexit at some point. Mm. Um, trade and investment, skills, tourism, you know, let's go for the the economic bit of it and yeah. really go for it and, and leave uh, maybe leave the transport powers to where they are at the moment. Right. Have Have... The mayor representing us in transport for the north, in government discussions, but yeah. go for a really focused agenda on the economy. And, and are you every, get, and, everyone and are get you, behind that. And, and are you giving the authority there, the leadership, as it were, to the mayor? 
I think you're giving a bit of, yes, you are, really? yes, you are, but equally, it's not unfettered. No. Because if you're one person representing over five million people, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's a lot. Yeah, so yeah. I think you need a bit of strength in numbers. Okay. And because Yorkshire is so diverse, I think you'd need confidence for everybody that, you know, say someone gets elected and they're from, they're from Sheffield or mm. they're from... You know, they're from North Allerton. Yeah, Bingley. You'd, Bingley, you'd get, perhaps. Uh, Bingley, Bingley, yeah, Bingley. why not? Yeah, why not, yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> um, you, you know, you, you'd have concerns. Well, are they only going to be bothered about that part of Yorkshire? So I think having all of the, the leaders alongside them, um, but give, making them free enough to be able to make the decisions and go out and sell Yorkshire to the world, yeah. sell Yorkshire into Whitehall. And, and following that through then, how does that sit? Let's just say we could do that and you could snap your fingers. How does that sit with the whole language of the northern powerhouse i think it sits really well with it yeah because Cause what we, does that mean to you? what does northern powerhouse mean to you well to me it's about um the north being this major economic player you know as a as, a, as an economy you've got 15 million people um and you've got an economy that's as big as probably five or six european countries and that um even more actually that in itself is significant but it doesn't punch its weight so to me the north is you know the north was the workshop of the world why can't we rediscover that um entrepreneurial spirit we know we've got the people we know we've got it you know we've got some amazing business people some you know potential Nobel laureates in our university we've got um fantastic um you know political leaders that are you know that can take their place on a national and international stage We've got everyone here. We just need to get them all together and sort it out. Can we? Can we all work together? You know the 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 old rivalry of Manchester to Leeds to Newcastle to Leeds to Liverpool and Manchester, uh, Hull and Leeds, etc. What does it take to get over those sort of slightly parochial attitudes? I think it's the same as the Yorkshire thing. You know, you, if there's a bigger prize then we'll work together on it. So it's it's not saying that we've all got to work together on everything. No. But it's saying that actually, if we need a better transport system, transport systems don't, you know, think about administrative boundaries. The north is a co, you know, it's a coherent area that that needs a better transport system. Yeah. Let's start with that. Yeah. And and sort that out. I, that I, unites people. I sometimes think, thank God, the Victorians did what they did in terms of infrastructure. Looking ahead now, then, so HS two, you know, when I say HS two to you, do you instinctively think, yeah? You know, what do you think? I get told off for giving leading questions. What, what, what do you think when you hear HS2? Well, I'm, I'm one of those people who supports it. I, I support it because anything that can change the economic geography of the UK, we've got to support. Anything that can get jobs up to the north, I think we've got to support. I know people say, oh, well, it'll suck jobs into London even more. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think if that was true, then... You know, Doncaster's currently only an hour and you know twenty minutes away from mm. London, and it hasn't it hasn't happened there. So no. I don't think it's going to happen. But we do need to connect up the country a lot better. And and the bigger thing for me is not London actually; it's Birmingham and Nottingham and Sheffield. Because yeah. 
you know, try getting on a train to go to Nottingham or Birmingham from Leeds. It's a nightmare. I know, somebody mentioned going to Bristol the other day. I could, I could hardly bring myself to think about the trip. I'm sure Bristol's lovely, but, you know, I'm thinking, blimey, how many hours is that? I know, my son's yeah. talking about going to uni there. Me and my wife are like, oh, please, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lovely city. Yeah. So, again, um, the future, what, you know, what, what's going to happen in the next five years? What, what do you think is going to happen? What's going to develop on? You touched on the Odeon in Bradford. Do you think that that's heading in the right direction? Yeah, there? definitely. Oh, I think yeah. I think all the fundamentals in the Leeds economy, um, particularly, are, are there. I mean, we're we're doing well despite all the uncertainty. Imagine mm. if we we got Brexit sorted out and we mm. got a bit of devolution and we, um, you know, we got a bit more money for transport. We'd be absolutely flying. Um, so you know, I mean, we're doing really well already. I'm very optimistic about the future in Leeds. I think the the other parts of the the region need Brexit sorting and need devolution sorting and, and actually parts of Leeds need devolution and Brexit sorting as well because you know we have great inequality still in the system mm. we've still got um, in work poverty now you know that's going up so yeah. people having to do two or three jobs and not really having enough money so we need the whole thing to rise up and, and get better and so yeah, I, I am. I'm. I'm always glass half full. I, I'm always optimistic. Yeah. I think we've got to, you know, we're going through a period of extreme turbulence politically in a, as a country, but we'll get through it. It'll yeah. it'll be it'll pass, and we'll find a way through it one way or another. And whoever does take on the the leadership of during that period has got to reunite the country. We've got a very yeah. divided country and very divided city and region and. It's about getting people back together and recognising, you know, that we're all the same. You know, we need to work together. So let's move subject slightly. Um, one of the reasons I've invited you in is because I've, I've got, you know, I've met you and I've got to know you, Tom. And you seem to be somebody who's a bit more in the public eye than perhaps previous leads of the council. This might be down to social media and down to the world we're in. Uh, just talk, talk to me about life in the public eye. Do you? <clears throat> Do you have situations where you go out and about and you're recognised and is that nice or not nice or how do you deal with it? Yeah, so we, I mean, just in the city and in the council, when you run a, a an organisation of, um, you know, we're still 14,000 people, it's like the size of a small town. Mm. So when you're going out and about and people see you, you know, they do a bit of a double take at times and, you know, so you do get recognised. Um and I think social media. I've been. I was an early adopter, as you were, of Twitter. Absolutely. So I think it has affected the the way that I've. Tr- I have tried to use it positively to try and tell the story of what the public sector is doing and doing it in a different way. A bit like your reaction about public servants and mm. you know things being a bit boring and actually obtuse at times. These big organisations. I've tried to open the council up. Be a, you know, on the basis that, well, if you can message the chief exec directly, then we can't be that close to an organisation. No. Um, that brings with it quite difficult um, situations. So if something controversial happens, you do get a lot of flack on social media. I think it has got worse as well in the yeah. last few years. I, I I used to enjoy Twitter, um, and, and I, I don't do Facebook for work as much, but Twitter in particular... And I think it has got a bit of a bear pit and you can't really have a, um, a sane conversation with people at times about certain controversial issues. No. So that's difficult. Um, sometimes you just, you know, issues, 
if something goes wrong, I do get the blame for it, even though sometimes it's not my fault. But equally... Hey, man, that's side, leadership, isn't it? Yeah, it is, exactly. You know, you get the plaudits when you haven't really done the good stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, I, I'll be honest, at times it does it does affect you a little bit at times. Yeah. It can be, particularly during those difficult periods where the media are involved and it's a big, you know, like storm about something or other. Yeah, it is. It is tough, um, and not just for me. You know, it's Judith and the other, mm. you know, political leaders. It's difficult, but I, I think that's part of the modern day leadership job in yeah. public service. And um, I tend to try and have a bit of a stand. You know, I treat people as I want to be treated, and I think if you do that, and if you if you're reasonable with people, and if you don't react. Um, never tweet or email in fear or anger, someone said to me. Or ever after a drink. Or or ever after (laughs) a drink, drink. yeah, absolutely. Number one one rule of our uh, Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, you'll get away with it. So, yeah, it's tough at times, but um, the the pluses outweigh the minuses. What I'm hearing from you is that it's an interesting job and it's an interesting, obviously, interesting time. And when you're not running Leeds City Council, I've written down here two very important words, dominoes and football. Tell me about both of those subjects. Well, the place that I... Uh, this is sort of keeping my Yorkshire Man of the Year credentials yeah, going, so. even though obviously I didn't win last year, which was obviously very disappointed about. Yeah, well, we're, uh, all, we're all yeah. gutted about that. We're all, <laughs> we were all gutted with last year's result. <laughs> um, yeah, I played dominoes on competitively on a Thursday night in the pub in winter. We, do, we have a summer break because you, obviously you've got burnout and yeah, uh, you, right. you've got to keep fresh. Um, but yeah, we play on in the... Uh, in the North Yorkshire League, um, and it's great. It's just such a good whatever whatever's happening. Um, I'm, I've got my dominoes, and it's the weekend starts a little early as well because if you you go out Thursday night and you've just got to survive Friday, and yeah. it's um, it's a nice nice way of seeing my friends and um, relaxing a bit. And football, yeah. I'm a, so I think it's well known in Leeds that I'm a Borough fan, season ticket holder. So whatever Leeds fail on, I think we can raise them. Yeah. On on anything um, in terms of failure, but um, no, we. I love my football. I still play as you do, obviously. Right. Uh, the the maestro, um, as I call you, uh, Chris. <laughs> Steady. The, <laughs> yeah, I, I did give up Sunday football. I played Sunday football, proper Sunday league football, till um, two years ago. But I still play on a on a. I'm playing tonight actually. Um, play on a, on the Astro outside during the week, and it's a great. A, escape from work and a de-stressor and you know I really enjoy it still I love football um, and always have I'm I'm a bit obsessive about it as well what took you to the borough fan zone as it were was that dad or dad yeah yeah yeah, it's like a millstone you know an albatross that is bequeathed through the region generations I'll teach him I'll show him some character yeah Um, so yeah it's one of those things you can't shake off really and it's quite odd for me with Leeds because Half of my mates are a borough and half of them are Leeds. Yeah. So I've grown up with this rivalry and then I got the job. And I'm like, God, I'm going to have to want Leeds to do well now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I always want them both to go up now, which is quite a strange situation to be in. And, and it wants to be this year. And, um, you know, what effect do you think it could... You know, if, if Leeds had gone up, and well, let's hope they do go up next season, what effect do you think that will have on the city? Oh, massive. I, you know, I think, uh, you know, that... Matt, Marcello Bielsa is he's so Leeds in it, you know he's like this intense you know yeah. um, he gets obs- it <laughs> yeah obsessive absolutely lives the club and, and the f- and the football which is like a lot of the fans do yeah. 
Um, but there's sort of otherness about him as well that, that is, a, is very Leeds, I would say, independent-spirited sort of thing. I think it would be massive for the City. It's the missing piece in the jigsaw because mm. however much we, you know, we don't, people don't like it, the global brand of the UK, of England, is the Premiership. Yeah. And if you're not in the Premiership, you're not on the map. No. So we've got to get back in the Premiership. It's, got to, it's fundamental to the future of the City. And I think if it did happen then the release would be incredible right. because I think there's a great energy about the city already. You yeah. know, there's, it's in a really good place. But Yorkshire people are always a bit mardy at times about, you know, success. And so you, they'll never go overboard on how well the city's doing. But I think, you know, it, it's, it's in a good place. But if we, got, if we got promotion as well for the football club, I think it would be a massive yeah. step up. Good. Tom, I'm conscious of time. I'm very grateful you've come in. Um, I hope everybody that's listened has enjoyed that, give you a bit of an insight into what's going on and how, 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 how this guy runs Leeds City Council. So, Tom, thanks for your time. Thanks, Chris. Uh, enjoyed it. Obviously, next football match, I'll give you a shout. Yeah. Squeezing the team. Yeah, but, I think uh, I think you've uh, dropped me the last couple, but that's anyway. right. Well, it's always tricky, but we'll do that on the next podcast. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you've got any questions for Tom, Tom, if people have got a question for you, how what is the easiest way for them to contact you? Twitter, I think. Yeah, Tom Reardon. So it's I was one of the early ones. So I've got me me full name on there. Yeah, just do it through Twitter or email uh, Tom Reardon at leeds.gov.uk. I always answer all my emails. So. And good, tweets. Good man. If you forget that, uh, you can contact, uh, uh, if you use our email here at podcast at lawblacks.com. Uh, if anything comes in to me, I'll send it on to you, Great. Uh, Tom. But uh, thank you for your time and have a good, well, have a good summer. Thanks, Chris. Same to you. You're welcome.